702. Talk at 9. Call Gushwell. On 011-883-0702. Boa noite. Uh, what is it? Boa noite. Uh, good evening to you, Tiago. I hope you're good. Yes, Bonoich, good night. Yes. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's been years since I've had to force a little bit of uh, uh, Portuguese out of myself. I spent some time in Angola in, in, in my previous job. And believe me, uh, no one speaks English there. They only speak um, uh, Portuguese. And one of the uh, terms that I, I, I learned very quickly was now follow uh, Portuguese. And unfortunately, people um, <laughs> respond by Follow Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have a good accent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying very hard, Tiago. Mate, I'm I'm very surprised by this this idea this 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 notion that Brazil has the highest incidence or, or um, is one of the countries with the highest incidence of UFO sightings globally. Yes, Brazil uh, is one of the highest countries with uh, sightings and, and contacts and and. Uh, cases uh, about UFOs in the whole world is is it true? I mean that's absolutely stunning. I mean wh- what 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 are some of the cases coming through? I guess uh, it's a bit of a silly question because generally people I guess people see a light in the sky that they can't identify that moves really fast and then boom um, it's it's qualified as a UFO. But what are people seeing in Brazil? Well, light in the sky is very common here. Uh, in Brazil, uh, we we have uh, a lot of of lights in the sky, but we have important cases uh, such Virginia, when a UFO crash in in city of Virginia in Minas Gerais state in Brazil in 1996, and uh, the Brazilian army recovered uh, five alien beings, three dead and two alive, and uh, we have cases like uh, the uh, UFO night. The night of UFOs in 1986, mm-hmm. when more than 22 UFOs were chased by Brazilian Air Force pilots. We have a lot of cases, amazing cases. So let's talk about the one in the 1980s where you had these um, Air Force pilots actually chasing after uh, these particular UFOs. And, and, and I'm asking that question from within the context of saying that all too often, uh, Tiago, you know that the difficulty that we have with UFOs is, and, and, and even uh, encounters with extraterrestrials is the lack of evidence. So a lot of people will turn around and, and dismiss our conversation this evening and say, well, Gershwell, you and Tiago are talking absolute nonsense because there is absolutely no evidence that uh, anything like a UFO or aliens exist. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we civilians, I, I always say that we civilians, we don't have uh, hard evidence, but mm. we have photos, uh, we have videos, and uh, the government, mainly the, the United States so, and, and uh, England and, and Russia, they have the hard evidence. They have uh, pieces or, or debris or a UFO, a complete UFO, and also the alien beings that crashed into this uh, this airship uh, spaceships. Well, uh, in Brazil, we have we had the opportunity. The Brazilian army had the opportunity to have this UFO. We got it, but we sent to United States as well. Uh, we have the I don't know, but we 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 think that to have some kind of uh, a deal with United States, 
that we have when we got this mm. spaceships and and our our country uh, and all information we sent to United States. So when people say, "Well, do you have the evidence?" No, we don't have the hard evidence. We don't have the piece of the the UFO, mm. but we have something and we have photos and videos that it's impossible to be something from the Earth. I'm not saying that they, they are from another planet. They could be from another dimension or another, or another, you know, from the future. We don't know. But uh, we have evidence that many of the sightings is not from Earth. So, I mean, ultimately, uh, you have a country like Brazil with uh, one of the highest incidents of UFO sightings globally. Uh, how, how receptive are Brazilians to the idea of, of UFOs, of, of things that are unidentified and definitely not of this world, at least not at this time or from this particular dimension or from even this particular galaxy? Well, the Brazilians have a, a very open mind. We, uh-huh. are, we are very happy for that. Uh, the Brazilian government don't, don't take much attention for this because we have a, a lot of problems. We have problems with economic problems, political problems. So, you know, uh, UFO is not the, the the main goal to Brazilian government. Should be, should be, because if when you have the technology to do what that machines do, well, you're gonna be the, the greatest, the more potential uh, nation on earth. So the Brazilian, accept very well the fact that we're not alone in the universe. And, uh, well, of course, they, they some make some jokes. Some people make some jokes about that. Mm-hmm. But they are very interested about it. And the Brazilian population, Brazilian's people know that, that we, are, we are not uh, alone in the universe. I hear you. And I think a lot of us, and, and me included, and, and Tiago, I, I don't believe that we're alone in this universe. I think that it's virtually impossible for us to be alone in this universe, taking into account um, the size of the universe alone, the fact that there's so much evidence emerging uh, on a day-to-day basis of extraterrestrial planets that are similar to Earth, resemble Earth would in all likelihood sustain uh, running water and thereby sustain life. I think that is not in dispute. But the actual notion or the idea of seeing or, or coming across something that is absolute proof of the fact that there is definitely uh, life beyond this planet, I think that is what people find difficult and hard to swallow. But, I mean, beyond that, uh, you, you mentioned that there was another incident where um, it, was, it wasn't just the crash of, of a UFO or, or a piece of machinery that people couldn't identify, but that there were bodies as well found in Brazil. Am I not mistaken? Yeah, it was the Virginia case. But the Brazilian has a, a, a history of UFO crashes. We have a, a, a UFO that crashed in, in a sea in 1976. We have a, a new UFO that exploded over a beach in Ubatuba in fifteen seven. And we have uh, this Virginia case in 1996 when a UFO crashed in Virginia and a uh, uh, huge cover-up by militaries and firemen from the Virginia city to rescue mm. and capture the, the aliens and the UFO. We have a lot of testimonies of this case. This case is fresh new, It just 25 years ago. If you think about the Roswell that happened in 19. 19- 47 mm, United mm, States. Mm. Uh, we, we just 
knew ab about uh, about the Rosa in, in the middle of the 17th. So almost 30 years after the crash mm. in Virginia, when Virginia happened on May 21st, 1996, uh, made no, sorry, in January 21st, uh, on January 22nd, we already had ufologists there in Virginia searching for the evidences. Mm, mm. So just past one day. And we, we have testimonies from the militaries, but they, they uh, you know, don't allow us to, to publish their testimony because they are in the a, in a army, still in the army. So they have a, a oath that they have to, to, to do it. Uh, but they, they, we have a tape of two militaries that participate of the recovery of the aliens and the UFO. And we know already that uh, UFO and aliens were sent to the United States. And uh, like I said, uh, in an in exchange of, let's see, exchange of gifts, because sometime later, the United States invites Brazil to send the first astronaut to the space. Yeah. So we we exchange uh, uh, UFO and four alien beings for a ticket to ride in space. Hmm. I mean, so so this is the question then. I mean, yes, the U.S. Uh, you 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 alluded to the fact that the Brazilian government, and perhaps that would apply to other governments globally as well. I mean, I, I could imagine that South Africa could set up a very cushy deal with the U.S. or another uh, uh, ally that that it has. Um, whether it be China or whoever, that if we do come across any evidence of extraterrestrial life or uh, life from a UFO, that we would then hand over such evidence to them uh, so that they can conduct whatever research they want to, etc., etc. But this is my key question. And, and, you know, you mentioned that there were firemen that, for example, covered this thing up, uh, ordinary civilians, ultimately, people who are at the front line, true, but they're still civilians. I mean, if I had to come across a, if I had to hear a loud bang and I ran out to my backyard and I found um, a metal that I couldn't identify, bodies that clearly do not look human or at least not in the current shape of human beings, um, I would probably, especially in the year 2020, take a hell of a lot of photos um, and post those online immediately before anyone can stop me from revealing the truth. I'm not dependent on news agency anymore. I'm not dependent on government clearing the way for me, for be, me being able to um, uh, release that information. Why is the evidence so sketchy, so few and far between? And more importantly, why is it that this evidence is not coming to the fore? Whereby you could, for example, uh, send me a link now and say to me, Gershwell, this is the evidence that we have. This is conclusive proof um, that, that there is something like a UFO and the contents of a UFO. Well, first, uh, they crash, but they don't crash often. It's very, very hard to have a UFO crash because they have a, 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 a advanced technology, mm -hmm. much more advanced than us. But they, they, do, they do crash because they, they are not perfect. I mean, the aliens beings are not perfect, mm -hmm. so they, they can fail. Uh, today, the surveillance of the Earth is totally, is 100%. If yeah. something uh, cross the atmosphere, some government, let's say United States, they know exactly what this uh, the things gonna crash, so they will be prepared to be there. 
it, it, and it doesn't matter if it, if this this the thing crash on the United States or in Germany or in Nepal doesn't matter. They have uh, crews uh, or some kind of uh, special agents that will be there to isolate the area to build uh, a huge cover up to to make people to make the testimonies uh became a fool or mm. a clown or 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 a drunk in front of tv in front of the of the society they have all the strategy already uh, understood they have all of it on their hands so if you find a metal or alien body in your backyard you probably you're gonna be exposed, and once if you could expose it, you're gonna be exposed like a, a nut, mm. or they're gonna threat you. They're gonna threat you. Never do that again. Give us this the thing. The, the mm -hmm. they have to, the control of everything. That's why we don't have this hard evidence, unless uh, you have a crash in the middle of uh, Cape City, Cape Town City. So it's impossible. It's impossible. I mean, that's quite fascinating, the idea that, the, um, that you have um, this evidence sort of being gotten rid of, that governments are controlling it and holding a tight fist over it. Um, but I mean, ultimately, from what we know, what, what are they doing here? What, what are, what, what, and, and I mean, the other thing that I found interesting about what you said was also the idea that we're not quite sure of what they are, which then in my mind would imply that we're not too sure... Um, of, of what they are doing here if we don't even know what they are. So ultimately, I'm a radio host, you know that. I'm here to try to find out as much of the truth as possible. That is why we're having this conversation. But when we're talking about UFOs and whoever inhabits those particular UFOs, it makes it hell of a difficult for us to be able to identify what their intentions are and what they are doing here on this planet um, if we don't even know who they are and what they are doing. You're perfect. You're perfect. We don't know. We don't know why they're here. We don't know uh, where they come from. Well, I, I wrote uh, 11 books. Uh, this UFO Contacts in Brazil is the first in English, but I have other 10 in Portuguese. And two of these books are the guide of uh, UFOs and the guide of uh, extraterrestrial typology. And uh, I researched in these two, two books. I, I spent uh, four, five years researching more than 10,000 cases all around the world. And I found 72 types of aliens that came to our planet and were reported uh, from the witness. And uh, I can say to you that in none of these cases I found or there's any evidence where they can come from. So, I mean, in terms, of, in terms of, I mean, if you can go as far as being able to describe the topology, if you can go as far as describing uh, 72 different types of alien variants uh, based on, 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 you know, UFO encounters, etc., etc., what are some of the things that we've discovered? Obviously, this comes from um, eyewitness accounts, people who have been abducted, people who have seen things, people who have encountered things, people who have been told things. What do we know? Uh, is there anything that we can go by that we can tell based on some of the accounts that you've heard? Well, we can say that uh, the abductions are made by well, 
four types of aliens. The greys, very known, the insects and reptoids, and the humans, human types of aliens. Okay. Very similar to us. Uh, so the, ab- the, the people that uh, they abducted, uh, they tell us that these four types of aliens that do it. But uh, as I said, uh, when, we are, when you are uh, abducted, they don't tell you, tell you what they, they are doing there. Uh, they just came, take you out, uh, take you to the, the spaceship, put you in a table, make what they have to do, do what they have to, what they have to do, mm. and then release you. And uh, for some time, you don't remember anything that happened, uh-huh. and then you start to have nightmares, some, some flashes that you, you cannot explain. And, uh, but you never know, you never never been told why they're doing that. Well, if they want to conquer us, they should do. They they should do it. Uh, do it uh, years, uh, centuries ago. If they want to save us, they could do it now with this COVID nineteen. Exactly. So the so HIV, Ebola. There's a whole long list of things. Yeah. They are here to do what they have to do and live it, and they go and they go away. We don't know yet what their agenda. So the question is, I mean, are we, uh, are, are we a, a planet, a living zoo for them? Are they coming here to, to observe us? Are they just uh, conducting experiments? I mean, ultimately, you know, are they treating us like zoo creatures and zoo animals where they're just coming yes. and having a look and then they're taking off and uh, uh, making whatever conclusions that they can? Because it's a good point that you raised that if they were going to conquer us, uh, 1947 happened ages ago. And there was probably yes. the first documented account of UFOs in recent history. Um, and, and nothing has happened basically since then between us and their interaction. Uh, we, we, we don't know of any particular contact. We don't know of them saying that they're going to con- conquer us. We don't know whether they're conducting experiments because they want to use us as a source of food, slaves, or whatever the case may be. Yes, perfect. Perfect. Uh, well... I know uh, there there are probably billions of planets, millions of planets that could have life, mm. but our planet is a pearl in the universe. We, we are a beautiful planet. We are blue with water. We have everything, and in my opinion, and many people don't like it, is that we are like uh, like uh, lab rats. They come here, make some analysis, make some study, make some exams, yeah, and they go away. So this brings us the idea that they are, they are here uh, since, since the beginning of the humankind. And they, uh, at some point, at some point, they changed our DNA to create a new species. So can they ob- can observe it and they can see how we are developing, how we are uh, evolving like, like a... Like a a race like a uh, humankind. So, but this all theory because we don't know the truth. But I mean, what are you hearing from some of your eyewitnesses? I mean, and especially um, when you look at uh, Brazil having such a high incidence of UFO encounters, I'm sure that there would be uh, anecdotes uh, that people have shared saying that whether they've uh, been abducted, whether they've encountered these aliens. 
to be able to say that, look, this is what the ultimate agenda is. And then the reason why I'm asking that question is because recently I saw a documentary or snippet of someone basically explaining that they had been abducted um, and they were literally taken on a bit of a tour. Other people obviously say that, no, they weren't taken on a tour. They were experimented on. Needles were inserted into them. All kinds of stuff happened to them. Uh, whereas other people were um, revealed, secrets were revealed, new knowledge, new ideas were revealed to them. So what are some of the, I don't know, encounters, some of the um, testimony that you've heard? Well, uh, this, what I said is different, what I said, abducted is when the, the, the person is taken away from where they are without permission. Okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, when, when the alien, let's say the alien, asks you to take a ride uh, in a UFO and uh, tell you that, well, we have to save planet, we have to take care of ourselves, so if you destroy the planet, the balance of the, the universe is going to be uh, compromised. So this is the contactee. It's the two different types. Ah, okay. So, so, so the one category is you were a contactee. You were uh, brought yeah. into contact. Uh, whereas in the other instance now, you've been abducted. You've been taken against your will. That's right. That's correct. So the contactee, uh, they always said to the contact, well, uh, spread that we have to save the planet. Mm. They always say that. You have planned because and and there and then they show you in a in a big TV screen, let's say, mm. uh, what gonna happen to the earth to the earth if you continue the pollution, the war, just you know to shock the peop the, the person to mm. to to reveal the world what gonna they're gonna happen. But no no, uh, not a lot of people believe it. Because it's something that we don't want it. We don't want to do the earth uh, be destroyed. Uh, but we, we still think that's crazy. The, the most people think that this is crazy. Well, how did the, the aliens show you that the, alien, the, the earth going to be destroyed? So the contactee just after being there, mm. they came to the planet. They, they uh, came back and they tried to pursue the rest of the world that you have to take care of ourselves and take care of the planet. So what I'd like to know is, I mean, the one thing that stands out for me immediately is that there's always a rational scientific explanation uh, behind UFO sightings, um, uh, all the way from mass hysteria, which we know is a phenomenon that occurred in the past where I think during the Middle Ages, you and I uh, would, for example, uh, be convinced in our village um, that we saw an apparition of, of Mary, especially now that it's Easter. I think that's a very sort of apt, uh, you know, example to, ma- to make where we would be convinced that we saw the Virgin Mary, right? Um, and we would yeah. tell people that we saw the Virgin Mary. She spoke to us. She said A, B, C, D. She prophesied, etc., etc. We know that this is what happens to a lot of people, that that's what you call mass hysteria. So it's a group of people who for some reason uh, whether it be they were exposed to, to a pollutant or people just got overly excited whilst being together, we would be convinced, you, me, and a whole bunch of other people, that we saw something or that we encountered something. Then on the other hand, a lot of people will tell you, as an example, that it's not just mass hysteria that has a role to play there, that there would be natural phenomenon 
uh, whether they be meteorological, whether they be um, things that happens in our in outer space that we're not aware of. And let's be honest, as human beings, we've only documented things properly for the last couple of thousand years. So we might see a phenomenon for the first time, an exploding star or something. And then Tiago and Gersh are convinced that we saw um, this UFO. How is it then that there's always a rational explanation for UFO sightings or UFO encounters uh, versus um, people's accounts of what they claim to have seen or what they claim to have encountered? Well, that's that's the same line that we ufologists work. Yeah. Uh, uh, we we have well, first of all, we have to be very rich, regional. Mm. Uh, we have to to do our research based on the science. We mm. don't think uh, we don't must to believe in everything that the witness said to us. But we cannot disbelieve. We have to, you know, investigate, uh, investigate deeply investigation, a deep yeah. investigation, uh, because uh, many people, uh, 95% of all sightings can be explained or satellites or atmospheric things or something like that. And mm. only 5% of whole, the whole sightings are something unknown. And when I said that it's unknown, I don't mean that it's uh, extraterrestrial origin. It's not. We, we just something that we don't know. Could be later. We can find later that could be an airplane, a secret airplane, could be a, a cloud, could be a satellite. We don't know. This 5% is something that we cannot find a, a, a conventional explanation of what we know. So to separate uh, what mass hysteria and what satellite or something like that, something with explanation, we have to work and investigate based on science. Ufology, the ufology is not a science, you know, uh, officially a science. But we use astronomy, we use physics, we use a, a chemistry and math with the whole bunch of science, sciences to try to discover or at least uh, to, to discard what that thinks is not going to be. So you've to told me about, obviously, historically, a lot of the investigations that you have done, um, uh, you know, of, of, of accounts that have occurred, obviously, things that you have not encountered yourself per se, but, um, you know, the testimonies of people in Virginia, people who um, saw incidents, etc., etc. Is that the bulk of your work? Or have you yourself gone out there, done research and work and discovered that, listen, um, this is the testimony of someone. This is something that happened. I went out. I either saw alien bodies or um, I actually spoke to an eyewitness directly, etc., etc. Have you done any of those specific investigations? Yeah, uh, I was not uh, in Virginia. I was not, um, I was not the main uh, investigation, one of the main investigations of Virginia. But uh, I have already studied more than 100 cases in my 22 years of UFO investigation. And I can tell you that in, in a 10 or 15 cases, uh, I can assure you that it's not, it, that was not uh, something from our planet. 
I can tell you one example. It all the states are in my book. Uh, please, I mean, uh, just give us, give us, give us that one uh, as an interesting one, and afterwards I'll give you an opportunity to obviously let people know where we, where I mean, you've mentioned that you're the author of eleven books. Um, I'll definitely yeah. give you an opportunity to let people know where they can get any of your books, uh, especially because obviously we speak English mostly in South Africa. Uh, there are some Portuguese speaking people. I, I would be happy to let you know, um, but I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that the majority of people would be keen on on uh, the English books. Um, I'll give you an opportunity to let us know where those are, but g- just give us uh, some of those accounts, some of the more hair-raising, interesting ones that you've come across yourself. Yeah. Uh, one happened in 1996, was calling the UFO uh, that was over a uh, Paranoa Dome here in Brasilia. Mm-hmm. When three uh, businessmen were coming from uh, uh, Palmas, is a city, uh-huh. of Tocantins State in the middle of Brazil mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they were chased by UFO that landed, almost landed in front of them in a neighborhood and they were passing by several police uh, offices, police department offices and they were showing to this policeman to see the sky and they saw in the sky a huge UFO a very bright white uh, UFO in the sky, but no, no of no one of the the policemen uh, wanted to investigate it, to leave the the post mm-hmm. and uh, and go to investigate it that time because it was at dawn, around three or four in the morning. Uh-huh. And when these three businessmen stopped over the the dome of Paranoia Dome. The UFO uh, just start to roof over the water of the dome, and the water start to shake. And uh, one of these businessmen called to to his uh, son, that was a, a professional photographer, mm. and they came and they took 36 photos of the UFOs. It's a amazing photos. It's a it's a perfect photo of a. Uh, uh, Object, very bright object in a blue sky, very very perfect shape of a cylinder, very very uh, clear, uh-huh. and uh, but very very bright as, as I said. And then uh, when they are they were there uh, taking photos, a couple of policemen arrived, and one of the policemen, the corp Galgino, had a camera. I, I was saying, I'm telling in 1996, so here in Brazil, 1996, uh, a camera, a, a video camera was not uh, a very common thing to have. It was yeah, very yeah. expensive. Yeah. But they had it. They had it just uh, to film uh, his work. And then they take his camera and film the object for 13 minutes. The object was in the sky, stopping without any movement. And after that, the object that just speed away for more than 5,000 kilometers per hour. Wow. Very, very fast. So and, you, and, you, and you saw the footage? I talk, yes, I, 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 I saw the video. I saw the pictures. I have the pictures in my book. And uh, I spoke with the witnesses. I spoke with the policeman. 
and uh, we have uh, we did uh, a great and deep investigation. Mm. Uh, we contacted the Brazilian Air Force as well, uh, because my father was a Brazilian Air Force pilot. So oh. I, I I have some people inside uh, the Brazilian Air Force that back the time I had some people that could help me, and they confirmed me confirmed that to me that uh, there was no airplane or helicopter there. In other words, there's no drones. Mm-hmm. And uh, what they what they saw, what the three businessmen and the, his son and the police officers were something that was not from this planet. It's impossible to be. Was not satellite. There was no uh, a balloon. There's something that uh, out of this 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 world. I'm sure of that. Uh, so so and yourself, have you had any encounters yourself um, personally? Um, at all when it came to UFOs or the occupants of UFOs? I never saw an occupant, but uh, when I was eight years old, I lived in, in Rio de Janeiro, and it was uh, 1982. Now everybody knows my age, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, brother. And, you, I'm, uh, I'm two years older than you. I'm, I'm just two years older than you. <laughs> we are young, we are young. <laughs> uh, and uh, I was playing with friends, it was eight, uh, before 8 o'clock because 8 o'clock I have to be at home, uh, my, my mother always stepped, well, before the street lights come o'clock. on, yeah, 8 o'clock I have to be at home, so we were playing, it was night, and uh, in the Rio, uh, there's a place uh, called Pedra da Gavia. Gavia is stone. Is there uh, the place that uh, the people jump of uh, uh, wing wing suits and uh, and uh, and the uh, parachutes? Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw a a, a a very bright light, red light, mm. just appear in the sky and started to descend to this, this uh, stone uh-huh. and disappear. And sometime later, I don't re- recall uh, how many, how long, uh, this light appeared again, raising from this, this stone, got much, much bigger and brighter. It had a, a, a red light, a red, red color. Mm and make, uh, make a, a, a red movement and then spit away to the stars. And I never saw it. Well, I was only eight years old, but, but my father was a, a Brazilian Air Force pilot and I, uh, I had lived uh, the most part of my life, eight years old, of course, in uh, Air Force bases. So I knew what was a helicopter, an uh, airplane, or balloon, even. I was a child. I knew mm. that. I knew what 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 gonna be, but it was nothing like that. It was not a plane or helicopter or a balloon, and uh, this was the, my only sighting. Just we call uh, we call a, a close encounter of of uh, zero kind when mm. you just see uh, a light, but uh, this that light was not a plane or helicopter. Mm. Because I was wondering, I mean, what gives you the faith in, in other people's accounts? I mean, ultimately, um, how do I put it? If, if it's something I've not experienced myself and someone is telling me that, listen, yeah, dude, I've seen this, I've encountered this, I've, I've felt it, I've done all kinds of stuff. 
um, you know, it would be so much more difficult to 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 relate to it. And and as I said, I myself do obviously believe that there must be life beyond us um, in this in this vast universe, uh, if not just this galaxy alone. But I think it's it's a very difficult pull to swallow uh, when when someone brings you something. Um, or, or tells you of something an experience uh, that you can't back up with objective uh, evidence as we used to. You know, I mean, if, if, if I claim that, for example, the, what is this, um, the Tasmanian tiger is still alive in Australia, I should be able to mm-hmm. produce photos, video evidence, uh, and other evidence to show that the animal is still roaming uh, Tasmania in Australia. But we know that, that, that it's, it's extinct, it's not, be, it's not been around for quite some time, and that there's quite frankly uh, physical evidence that's lacking. Um, I'm sure this, this is something that this encounter is what gave you the faith to be able to go and investigate and look for these, uh, these, these encounters that people have had. Yeah, uh, I'm, not, I'm not a ufologist uh, to make people believe mm. in what I believe. Yeah. I just want to answer to my questions. That's why I want to know what I saw in 1982. Uh, I just want to know what the people saw when they tell me uh, their stories. I just just want to, to get, sh- well, I'm sure that we're not alone in the universe, but uh, what, I, what I want to know is where they come from, why they're here. Uh, uh, have we been visited uh, by you aliens since when? So I'm not there to make people, you know, to force people to believe in what I, in what I wrote, in what I write, or in what I tell, mm. what I say. Uh, and when we investigate a case, the first thing that I do is to look into the eyes of the witness. Mm. You can see a lot of things. You can see if they are lying. You can see uh, if they are telling the truth. You, you can see if they are nervous or calm and then well have to have practice of uh, of of this so uh that's that's the, the cool thing of ufologists the discover you you are you are a part of uh, a great number of people that want to do that are trying to discover something that uh, is one of the most important questions of humankind the the question is are we alone in the universe? No, we are not. <laughs> but but uh, as I said, as you said, uh, I need that hard evidence. Mm. I have to touch, I have mm. to see, I have to to film or make a photo and make sure of that. I mean, which is quite fascinating, and I, I like the fact that you draw the distinction because, unfortunately, you do have a lot of people who, for example, would go onto the History Channel on you know. Um, and and give us accounts of all these weird and wonderful alien species that have been around since the the pyramids and um, you know Mesoamerica in in your instance and so on and so forth. But quite frankly, they BSing us and, and they want us to believe what they believe. But but what you are saying is is that that's not your mission. Your mission is to actually go out there and discover the information because you would like to have the evidence to. Uh, back up and to prove to the world, I guess, that what you believe is actually yes. real and it's not uh, some delusion that you have. Yes, it's something to myself. I want to, you know, uh, I hope that when I, when, I, when I die, before I die, I, 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 uh, would, I would love to have the, the answer of my question, well, 
I, when I'm going to die, I say, well, I, I know that we're not alone because I saw that and, and I touch it. That's, that's it. I'm not trying to put, uh, infor- uh, put, uh, force someone to believe what I, be- what, I, what I believe. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's a very important distinction to make. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of people find themselves in that space where they're trying to convince us rather than convince themselves. I mean, where does this all lead you, Tiago? I mean, apart from rewriting a couple of books, being able to sell them, uh, whether it be online via Amazon, I take it, uh, in bookstores uh, in, in Brazil and in, in other places. Um, where does this take you? Because, I mean, I'm, I, I would love to be uh, a ufologist uh, as, as a career like you. Um, it's not a case of me wanting to believe. I want to confirm what I believe. So the question is, how, wh- where does this take you after this? What is your mission? What is it ultimately that you'd like to discover? And uh, how do you sustain your, your livelihood? Are you an accountant by day? Are you a ufologist by night? How does things work in your life? <laughs> some of that, some of that. <laughs> well, uh, uh, ufology it's it's my is my hobby. Uh, oh. yeah. It's my hobby because it's not my job. I have a job. I work uh, from eight in the morning to uh, six uh, at night, seven at night. And ufology is something that uh, I want to do when I have a, a free time. Well, I'm married. I have two kids. So I don't have much time, but when I have this time, I have to. I want. I like to focus in my investigation. My wife understands perfectly mm. uh, my my mission. That my mission is. To and she supports it. To, she to, doesn't to, get, find it annoying. She doesn't think that you're a bit of a crackpot. No. <laughs> <laughs> when 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 she got when 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 we we got married, uh, she knew that uh, I was a apologist. So and okay. and and her father liked the her father liked the, the subject as well, and he was a, a, a first pilot Brazilian first pilot as well, and uh, he 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 liked the the subject. Uh, so uh, I I am a, a ordinary worker. I work like every everybody. And uh, when I have some time, I, I like to do my research. I always got uh, emails and phone calls <clears throat> and, and messages. And I gave attention to all of that. Uh, so I, I hope be uh, helping people in, 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 their, in their cases. Mm. And my mission, well, uh, my mission is understand what's going on. Understand why they're here. Understand... Uh, uh, where they come from uh it's a simple mission uh but it's very hard to to accomplish so that's it uh, i want just want to know uh i just want i just don't want the the proof uh, i want to see it i want to touch it mm mm-hmm. No, I hear you. I hear you. And I find that quite fascinating. Just um, as a final thought, where, where can we get your books? I mean, I, I, I myself, I know I wouldn't mind uh, getting a hold of your books in particular, you know, the books where you uh, give accounts of the incidents that people have seen or the incidents uh, that people have encountered when it comes to uh, UFOs and, and the occupants of. And you've heard I've used the term occupants throughout the, the course of our conversations because we're not sure. Are they aliens? Are they uh, interdimensional beings are they from the future etc etc so uh, where do we get your books from well you can buy my book the, the my last book uh, you for contacts in brazil uh, on amazon.com 
on Amazon site. Uh, there, uh, there is in English, uh, there's more than 500 pages, more than uh, 100 UFO cases since the pre-1930s to 2015, more than 300 of photos and illustrations of this book. So it's a very, very hard book. It's not thin, it's a very mm. big book. And my books in Portuguese, like uh, the guide of UFOs and the guide of extraterrestrial topology, it's in Portuguese. But you can buy it uh, on the site of uh, Revista UFO. It's www.ufo.com.br. UFO.com.br. So you can buy my, my books in Portuguese. Great stuff, man. Uh, absolutely fascinating conversation. All the best to you and good, lu- good luck uh, you, with, with, with your investigations. And hopefully um, they don't take you away and they actually keep you firm on, <laughs> on, on terra firma so that you can tell us some more of these interesting cases. Yeah, they can invite me. Just invite me. If, if they invite me, I go. <laughs> yes, uh, invite you, not abduct you. There's a difference. Thank you so yes, much. Yes, yes. <laughs> Cheers, man. There was Tiago. Tiago, thank you for your time here once more. Um, I think it's an interesting conversation. Tiago Ticetti um, and uh, talking about UFO contacts in Brazil. Three minutes to go before we get to 11 o'clock after the eyewitness news. At the top of the hour, of course, we open up lines, giving you an opportunity to chat to us about anything and everything. Doesn't have to anything to do with aid. It doesn't have to do have anything to do with aliens you can chat to me about COVID-19 your worries your concerns the cigarette trade the alcohol trade the impact that it's having in your personal life all of that jazz I'm looking forward to it after the 11 o'clock uh, after the 11 o'clock eyewitness news but for now two and a half minutes to go before we get there